Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today. Download and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up at any of our convenient locations. Fans, this is the Golden Edge Podcast, the podcast where the Las Vegas Review Journal talks about hockey. I am Ben Goats, and we are Review Journal Golden Knights beat writers. Joining me on the other line, as he always does, is my colleague David Shane, and we have a very special guest today, uh, Golden Knights left wing William Carrier. Uh, Will, how's it going this morning? Good yourself. Hey, you can't complain. We really appreciate you hopping on. I'm excited to talk about the the season and some of your hobbies with you today. But before we get to all that, uh, I just want to remind everyone that the Golden Edge podcast is sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports, and we are presented by the Las Vegas Review Journal uh, and Blue Wire. Please check out all our written work at reviewjournal.com. So, yeah, Will, we really appreciate you uh, hopping on with us, especially because you hit a recent milestone in your career. You hit the 300 game mark uh, in the NHL. So, uh, you know, that was a couple games ago still, but how special was that to you to kind of hit that mark in your career? Uh, you know, you don't, you know, really focus on these numbers. Uh, actually, you know, guys, I think it was Dave on the radio that actually told me about it. Um, I mean, it's, it's just a milestone like the others. Um, you know, probably once I, once I'm still playing, I'll probably look back at these numbers, you know, but uh, right now I'm just trying to get as, uh, as many games as I can. So as far as this year goes, you're on pace offensively for, you know, career highs and goals, assists, points. What, what has this year been like for you uh, individually, at least? Uh, well, we talked about, uh, you know, creating more offense, um, especially on bottom six, um, especially the last couple you know, um, playoff run we had where um, their forward line was scoring big goals, in Mont- especially in you know, Montreal last year when we lost that series. So we're just, uh, you know, we're talking about trying to get more of that. Um, and we did this year. We got a lot more skills back there. And we're trying to play the same way and keep the same energy and, you know, still have that hitting mentality, but uh, trying to create a little bit more offense. Yeah. What's that uh, kind of been like for you guys? Because you mentioned you've got, you know, obviously you guys have rotated line mates a lot, but you've played with guys, you know, like Brett Howden, uh, Nolan Patrick, even Michael Amadio, who've got, you know, a little bit more uh, skill than maybe you guys have had there in the past. So what's that kind of new you know, I guess identity for lack of a better word been like for kind of a lot of the lines you've played on this year? Um, yeah, I mean, it's just getting used to it. Obviously, I played with Revo for a while and Nosey, um, you know, we kind of got used to playing each other and, you know, we didn't really have, uh, you know, to work on, on on stuff as much because you knew exactly where guys were going to be. So, I mean, there's a lot of that involved trying to get guys going. Obviously, a lot of guys were coming from other teams, so different systems, um, you know, just trying to you know, show them how we want to play and them showing, you know, me how they want, you know, they want the game to get played and how to create more offense. And so it took a little bit of time, but, you know, obviously now with the injuries and how those being out, I think we're, you know, we were playing pretty good um, before that. Yeah, I was just going to ask you about that in terms of what has that adjustment been like having guys you know, on, on different sides of you, you've been up in the top six and, and in different roles like that. What, what has all that been like for you to adjust to? Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, it's been a crazy year, right? Uh, a lot of, 
a lot of injuries. You think the last two years have been the craziest years ever, but I think this year has been, you know, with COVID and guys getting in and out and, you know, long injuries. It's not just been guys just, you know, getting banged up. It's long injury guys in with four to six weeks out. So it's, uh, it's been, it's been kind of tough. Um, but you know, you got, you got a job to do opportunity. And obviously right now I'll play on the second line with Steven Wazi and, you know, the team, uh, the team needs to, you know, score a little bit more goals here and try to defend, um, better. So I think, uh, you know, we, we've played together in the past um, on the bottom six. It's just right now it's the top six just because a couple of other guys are out. Yeah, you mentioned, you, you know, obviously the last two years with the bubble and then obviously the shortened season last year, unlike anything we've kind of ever seen before in the NHL. But, I mean, just for you personally, has this year just been up there as well in terms of, you know, have you ever had anything close to a season like this in terms of, like, team-wide, all the guys that are kind of constantly shuffling in and out? Um, yeah, I mean, it's been tough, right? It's it's not something you you like to just have the same team out and just winning games and just having a role in like we've used to be. Um, this year has just been, you know, just been tough on, uh, on, you know, the chemistry and guys getting in and out. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, there's 20 games left, 21 games left, and just got to, you know, find a way to push here for playoff, uh, you know, with the group of guys we've got. So take us back a little bit to, you know, just kind of growing up. Uh, you're listed as coming from LaSalle, Quebec. What was it like uh, coming from there? And something else I've always been curious about is just kind of the French and English connection, you know, that that you guys have growing up in Quebec and when you, you know, kind of integrated English in, into your uh, into your life. Yeah, so I grew up in the West Island. We actually call it the West Island. It's pretty English, so I picked it up there a lot. Uh, you know, growing up with friends, they were all English. So uh, back home was all French from mom and dad. So, you know, picked it up the French and English pretty well um, from back home. Um, obviously, growing up was, you know, all around the rink or around there, especially growing up in Canada. Everything's uh, around hockey. Obviously, grew up as a Montreal Canadian fan. So I got to see, I got to see a lot of Patio out there when I grew up. <laughs> you know, one thing I've always uh, been been curious about uh with you you were kind of a point per game guy in junior and then obviously slowly kind of worked your way into the nhl whereas you talked about you're more of a bottom six guy obviously one of the kind of hardest hitters in the league so what was that adjustment like uh for you when you first jumped into the nhl was kind of adjusting your game that way just something you felt you kind of had to do to to stick and now you've carried it forward for obviously 300 plus games at this point and counting yeah, well, you see, you know, you see a lot of guys just their career. You see great guys with some, you know, some skills down there, and you know, we've seen a lot of them, the guys that can score, but you know, they never find a way to establish themselves in the NHL. And you know, I got when I got the call up in in Buffalo, they're looking, um, you know, they're looking for more like a dealer. He was injured, so they're looking more for a power forward, physical, and I really wanted to play there, so I found my way to just. Um, the way I I playing, obviously, I you know tweaked a little stuff in my game left and right, and the offense has been you know slowly coming back through uh, from like the junior times. But obviously, I you know want to keep that same mentality. But um, if we could you know get a couple more goals for the team, is is always huge. Was it sort of the same when you got to Vegas in terms of the role, in terms of what they wanted you to do? I remember you know that first training camp. You know, you stood out as a guy who was going to finish a check. There weren't many guys. It seemed like in camp that we're willing to do that. Was it made pretty clear that they wanted you to be physical here as well? Um, yeah, we all have that. You know, there's, since the first year, you know, our roles have been pretty, uh, pretty clear. 
Um, obviously, when they picked him up, when they picked me up from uh, Buffalo, they kind of knew uh, what they wanted me uh, out there. But you know, it's, it's never been out there saying you know you got to play physical. I think it's just a big part of the game, and especially it just helps to get the puck back on the forecheck and defensively. You know, you don't get scored on, um, separate the puck from the body. So um, it's never been clear, but it's always been in my game. Obviously, playing juniors, like I, I wouldn't hit as much. I, I would get a couple of big hits, but playing those big minutes, you could see it. You know, guys playing 20, 21 minutes. It's tough to, you know, always finish your, your hit and you don't want to get too tired, especially with these schedule back-to-backs and stuff. So, uh, I mean, it's it's a big part, but you can't overdo it. And since since my first years, I've been playing, you know, 10 to 12 minutes. So I, I'm, I'm full energy when I get out there and I can I could definitely finish my hits. And speaking of that, you know, original year, you're obviously one of the kind of few guys that are still left from, you know, five years ago with obviously Carlson, Marshall Smith, Theodore, Nick Nab. But just how much pride do you, kind of take and still being a part of that group and being one of the guys that's kind of, you know, stuck it out the entire history of this franchise so far. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, we've been riding pretty high uh, since, since a couple months, but you know, it's a, uh, I mean, if it's a great stretch, you don't realize how long it's been, um, you know, it kind of hit me this year and they told us it was year five already. It's, it's, it's just crazy. And there's, you know, we've played with a lot of different guys, um, you know, not thinking about it and the rosters kind of changed a lot, but the, you know, the, the winning mentality around here, it's always been the same. And, um, you know, obviously now we're dealing with a few injuries and adversity, but I mean, it's the same and they're expecting us uh, to win night after night. For a guy like you, you know, maybe more of a role player and things like that. What was that first year like to, to go on that journey and that ride and, you know, create those bonds and, and to get as far as you guys did. Yeah. I mean, it was great. I mean, we, um, you know, we had no, uh, no expectation that first year, right. Um, everyone kind of didn't know how we were going to come out. And obviously, um, you know, we came out pretty good and everyone was, uh, everyone was kind of looking uh, for a second chance or a, a way of, uh, you know, getting a nice contract or, or, or finding a, you know, a place in the NHL, same place where I was and everyone was working, working really hard and pushing on the same way. So I think that's, uh, that was a big part of our success. And, you know, we'll, you know, I don't think no one will ever forget that that first year. Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today. Download and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up at any of our convenient locations. And what's it been like since then to kind of see this team's identity almost evolve over time? Because you're one of the few people that have had a, a front row seat for it. So, you know, obviously you guys have added a lot of guys since that first year. So what's it been like to kind of see, you know, you guys transform into the the team that you guys are right now? Yeah. I mean, we've been, we've been around, right. With playoff runs and, you know, losing and deep playoff runs. A lot of them have been, you know, we've been so close, uh, you know, before Tampa won two, they, they, they were close to, and they were in and out and, you know, it was, they had, they had some roller coaster years and, you know, they're trying to find a, uh, find a way and everyone, you know, kind of got older and mature. So I think we're, we're at that point where, you know, uh, once we got full roster and everyone's healthy, we got a really good team and um, we just got to find a way and tweak some little stuff just to, to get through. And, you know, once you get the playoff, uh, there's always a little bit of chance involved and uh, for injuries and stuff like that. So you saw Ryan Reeves from the other side of the ice a couple of times this year. What was that like? You guys uh, getting any good chirps at each other? No, I mean, no, I think we're, uh, we're too close to each other that, you know, be out there chirping uh, 
Sure, but I mean, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a text from him right after. I'll, I'm gonna see him right after. So there's not a lot of chirp. I mean, I know uh, you know his job. I know my job. I mean, he's uh, he's been doing well for many many years. Um, you know, obviously when I came in that league, I you know playing him. He was in, he was in Pittsburgh or St. Louis, and you would uh, you know he he would finish checks. He would bring energy. You could you could you could feel the energy change in the building and on the ice. So he's been doing it for years. Obviously, playing against him in New York was kind of a little. Uh, a little different and at T-Mobile I think he was shook a little bit he was like dash three after two so he uh <laughs> he definitely he definitely wasn't in his uh in his plate but he I mean he's, he's he's a great player I mean he's been great for the, the Ranger and he's, he's a big part of their success from uh from the team they were last year uh speaking of guys that like to chirp your teammate Jonathan Marshall so let slip a couple months ago that you're uh, a bit of a handyman. So, well, where do you get uh, your carpentry skills from? Uh, probably from uh, you know dad and back home, and uh, you know always doing some stuff when I grew up. Grew up with the two other brothers, so we're the three boys, pretty close to each other, and always building stuff. And uh, my brother now builds his house and stuff like that, and you know um, complex and stuff. So, I mean, always been around. And, yeah, Marchie, Marchie for some reason always has something breaking down in his place. So. Uh, I end up going there quite uh, quite often. Okay, so is it true that you built a house of your own? Yeah, yeah, back home. So uh, when COVID hit, obviously uh, had a brand new baby, and my wife wanted to go back home while we were in the bubble for for three months. So um, so I had that on the plan. And when COVID, she kind of shut down. Um, everyone kind of stopped working back back home, right? So went back there, and I had to finish a bunch of it with uh, with friends and, and family. So yeah. I mean, I didn't build it from scratch by myself, but we definitely, uh, we definitely put a lot of work into it um, while COVID hit. And I came back here, and the wife stayed in there and kind of worked well because we were in the bubble for for a long time after that. Yeah, you got to break this, uh, you know, down a little bit more. Are you like, you know, building cabinets and stuff? Like, what are the kind of touches you're putting in this house? Uh, I mean, we've been. I mean, when I when I came in, yeah, I mean, there was only a G proc on the walls, so uh, so we did uh, we did a lot of uh, you know all the finishing doors. Um, towel um uh, obviously a kitchen cabinet um a buddy of mine um actually uh, actually did it so you know just just finishing the house as much as we can and um obviously learned a lot learned a lot about it but uh, uh i mean it i had family arounds and um my brother my brother helped a lot too uh so i mean it was like it's like a three month i think project when covid hit um so i didn't i didn't do a lot of lifting before the bubble because uh, everything everything else was kind of closed back home. So all we could do was pretty much that. Okay, so I always watch these shows with, like, you know, the guys that live out in Alaska wilderness and stuff like that, and they build their own log cabins. You, mm-hmm. Like, like, are you into, like, you think you could do that? You, like, build the cottage, like, out by the lake and all that? Or... Or we're a little just more like luxury homes and things. Yeah, that's that's easy. That's that's the easy part. I mean, if it was just me in the wood with the chainsaw, probably easy. The thing is, is always the wife and the luxury and and the finishing and how how good it's got to look, right? Um, <laughs> right. Everything everything I have to go through her for inspection once I was done, right? So I had a couple projects where I have to redo, you know, wine cellar and stuff like that. But uh, overall. It was pretty good and really happy on the on the house turned out. And obviously, I'm going to keep the house for the rest of my life. Oh, that's awesome. How big is this wine cellar? How many bottles are you putting down there? Uh, there's like 680 that fits in there. Um, it's actually on the first floor. It's great. It's just it's an open concept house. So the wine cellar kind of splits the living room and the kitchen area. Um, so there's a, there's three glass on, on three sides. So it's a, it was actually a big it was actually a big project. Um, couldn't find I actually couldn't find a company that wanted to do it, so I, I really had to do that one by myself. 
so I know a lot of you guys on the team live in somewhat similar area. Like, are you always getting recruited by, by teammates to come over for projects and things? Yeah. I mean, Marchie got out there and started slipping. That's why I think you guys picked it up. And <laughs> a couple of guys picked it up and all. It's like everything, everything, something, something goes bad. And guys are calling. I mean, I got no issue. I got over there and you know, a lot of times it's just little, it's just little stuff on houses and stuff like that. So yeah, we're all living, you know, beside each other. So Whenever I can get and go out there and help, uh, I'm more willing to do it. What was it? What is like the smallest project like someone has ever asked you? Like, which guy on the team like needed help like changing a light bulb or something like that? No, nothing of that. Marchie had one of the like his kids where like the screws were, they were literally like inside out. It was. I think it took me about nine seconds, and I was like, he couldn't figure it out for two weeks, and I was like, man, like. Took me a little, and and it was just in one of those words, you know, something stupid. It wasn't really big at all, but yeah, Marchie's been working on his manual skills. But let's see, he's got he's got other stuff going for him, and I don't think he should uh, he should pursue any career in uh, in building house or stuff. Leave that to the experts. So, so mm-hmm. the other thing we we know about you is is you're an avid fisherman. Has that always been been something you're into? You know, from from like childhood or, or something you picked up along the way oh uh, no i've always been on the lake um obviously um in the summer i would I spend my time um by a cottage up north from montreal so picked up a lot of the skill um building the cottage there with the with an, an uncle and my dad so a lot of that came from there and obviously there was a lake there it was a private lake so you fish for a large mile small mountain and you know uh, trout uh so you know it was always there and uh, and growing up with brothers like my big brother was always involved into it and once we reached 14 15 we started doing bass tournament and start you know um you know, building boats, you know, re- redoing the inside of the boats and stuff like that. And, you know, just, uh, just to, you know, get into tournaments and, um, that's how it started. And after that, you know, the adventure. So every year we, you know, we go on trips and go to San Diego for fishing or Alaska, Florida, um, you know, whenever, wherever we could go for, for good fishing. So it's always been like part of, part of the family now. Wow. Okay. Well now I got to follow up on all these different spots you've been to. Where's your, your favorite spot where, you know, Alaska, uh, Alaska, Alaska is way up there. I think, uh, I think it's, 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 you know, it's just wild. Right? No, no, a lot, a lot of guys fishes up there. So the, you know, the fish are big. The, there's, there's plenty of them. Um, obviously the full experience of going there and the flying in a lot of the time my phone don't works, which is, which is even better. Um, so, so it's just, it's just quiet. I go out there as soon as the season ends, normally, um, you know, normally around June, it's normally time for Kings to run. So I'll go down there for like, for like 10 days and, and just relax and just get my brain, uh, get my brain to forget about hockey a little bit. Nikki said it there, but are you going salmon fishing up in Alaska or do you like kind of mix it up? Yeah, we mix it up. We go for, uh, we go for shrimp. Um, lucky enough, uh, lucky enough, I have a friend that has a boat up there. Um, so a pretty big boat actually. So we go shrimp fishing, you know, shrimp, uh, kings, reds when they're running halibut, you know, link cars. Uh, you know, there, it's just there's so many to do up there. There's so much to do, and I, I know I've never been a big hunt, hunting guy either. But they're trying to get me more and more involved into that. So maybe go out, try to go up there too and do that uh, in spring. So I was lucky enough one time to go out on Lake Mead when the, like the striped bass were boiling, you, you know, throw a top water out there on yeah. them and, and it's fun. Like, do you like to go out there at all? How's Lake Mead for fishing? Yeah. Yeah. I do have my bass boat in Vegas and I, I you know, um, 
it's kind of tough to go out there these days because of the family, uh, you know, family and all. But, uh, you know, early on, I was out there a lot more. But, yeah, I mean, before we left for the trip, I went out there with uh, Patty Nolan, uh, where he came out with me. I mean, stripers are just fun. They're, uh, they're, easy, they're easy to catch, and you can catch, you know, hundreds of them in a day. So, you know, bought the guys out there for a couple hours. And, uh, no, it's great. It's a, it's a great lake. Not a lot of people, you know, a lot of people go out there and party and, and, and wake, but there's, uh, there's good fishing out there. All right. I say this as like a leading question to any uh, fisherman, but you know, what are some of the biggest fish you've ever caught? What are like the prizes that are like mounted on your wall uh, in your home? Well, I mean, there's always weight. I mean, the, the big fish, like the sharks in Florida, which are, you know, kind of easy to catch because there's everywhere. Right. You know, a lot, of, a lot of them are over 10 footers. Uh, but I mean, uh probably like those big kings i love fishing for a lot when they, when i go up to Alaska for these big kings they uh they break gear a lot you gotta use light tackles for them um and, and they run great um i mean they'll probably be up there obviously i caught a bunch of you know big walleyes muskies and all that but uh not really a big trophy guy i'm more of the the memory that comes with it and, the, and the friends and that you you know make through the uh do, do the adventure so i got a bunch of friends now Pretty much everywhere in the states. All right, as someone who's fished walleye for like a very long time, I have to ask you what the biggest walleye you've ever caught is. The biggest walleye I've caught is sixteen point nine pounds, um, back on the St. Lawrence. But I've seen on the same boat the same night a guy caught a seventeen point two. So that's the biggest one I've ever seen. Um, come out to St. Lawrence. Uh, I've, I've heard stories of guys catching bigger than that, but like, I've never seen it. Obviously fishing walleye, you know, once you get over five, six pounder, normally it's pretty good, but we used to go out fishing, um, actually last year too. And we were, uh, I mean, we, we started late playing, so I got lucky and I could fish all winter. Um, so I was fishing in December for, you know, for those pre-spawn walleye that are about to spawn in spring. And they're, uh, just, they're just loaded with, you know, with eggs and they're, you know, big weights uh, coming out. And it's just, it was just fun fishing. It was, uh, it was back to when, uh, when I was a kid. Yeah. So for context, you mentioned this. So people that are listening, uh, I was about to brag cause I've caught like a nine and a half and a nine pound walleye before that are <laughs> going to ask how big yours biggest was ben. Yeah, that are mounted at my father's, uh, Minnesota cabin right now. So nine and a half and, uh, nine pounds are worthy of being put on Minnesota walls. And, uh, you just had to blow me completely out of the water there. That is incredible. Yeah. I mean, I've got, some, I've got some picture. I've got, I've got it on the scales and everything. Obviously I always catch them right so i don't i don't keep you know whatever wall i'll keep like a pound while i write to once in a while to eat them with all those big ones they're always coming back in and yeah i mean it's not it all depends where you catch it right if you're up where Razy lives up in valdor and you catch a nice five pounder walleye it's you know it's probably one of the biggest one you'll see is just kind of lucky growing up on the st lawrence and having that lake ontario till you know brockville kingston and Quinnipiac, bay which is you know world renowned for uh, for walleye fishing um, kind of been lucky to you know grow up on these body water, but yeah, Minnesota. Uh, I'm talking with uh, Schmidt when he was there. I mean, a good ten pounder is always you know a trophy, a trophy in Minnesota. Yeah, so this was Lake of the Woods, so it's Minnesota land, yeah, Canadian yeah, we're not, waters. We're yeah. not far, yeah, we're not far right now. Nice. I could talk fishing all day with William Carrier, but I'm going to actually shift this to hockey a little bit. Uh, you guys got about 21 games left. Uh, 
things are tight. What what are you guys obviously wanting to accomplish and, and get done here down the stretch? Well, I mean, we got we got to find a way, right? Um, I mean, there's a bunch of injury. You know, it could be easy to just, you know, look back this summer and be like, all right, well, we got a bunch of injury. We couldn't make it, right? But I, I think we got a group, group of guys, and we just got to find a way to, you know, put it together. Obviously, a lot of guys are coming from other teams uh, or, you know, uh, Jake and, and Ronnie coming from down from down the American League trying, you know, just to involve um, – the way we want to play. So, I mean, it's going to take a little bit of time, obviously play better in there uh, defensively. Um, you know, we're letting a lot of goals right now. And uh, so just trying to help our goalie. We, uh, I mean, we, we need to push, we need to push hard and every, we need everyone on board to, to play the same way. And, you know, a few guys needs to get hot and, and that's all we need. You know, we're, we're, we're right there. I mean, we've been playing some pretty good hockey, some pretty solid hockey. It's just, you know, those goals are go- not going in for us and they're going in for them. So got to find a way to, you know, get back on the winning streak. Yeah. You kind of touched on it right there, but obviously just with where you guys are at, what just is kind of the mood, you know, in the locker room right now, as you guys are kind of heading into this, this stretch run. I mean, I would, tr- I would try not to get in a negative way. Right. I mean, I've been, I've been on team before where, you know, those long, long season of just losing it, it. It's just not good for the team. I mean, you, you, if you start losing a few and you start, it's just, it's a snowball effect and you, you know, you, you'll never see the light out and you're like, all right, we'll, we'll never win a game again. And just get into that moon and you see teams going on, you know, 15, 16 stress losing. And you're like, how, how is that possible? It's just the, you know, the vibe on the guy. So we're trying to just break that, bring some happiness, you know, happy to be in the ring, the same that we were the first year and the second year and the third year. I mean, you know, when you're winning, uh, you know, just just keep that emotion high. So guys are, are at the rink and they're giving 100 percent of what they can. You guys have talked about, you know, adversity can be a good thing. Is is that something you, you're trying to keep in mind here as, as things get tough that, you know, hey, these games are fun. This is they're meaningful games. These are kind of the games you want to be playing at this time of year. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're trying to prove ourselves, uh, right? There's a lot of guys out there, you know, looking for contracts or, or looking to establish themselves. It's a good time for them to, for them to shine. I think everyone, everyone's on board um, and we just got to find a way to play. In, uh, you know, it's, it's a tough, uh, it's a tough league. You, you see, you saw with St. Louis a couple of years ago, they were last. Next thing you know, they're winning the cup. It, it's the difference between winning and losing is so small in this league. So we just got to, Get back on it. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to talk to us. We really appreciate it. Anytime, man. Well, and that's going to do it for this edition of the Golden Edge Podcast. As a reminder, we are sponsored by Station Casinos, STM Sports, and presented by the Las Vegas Review Journal and Blue Wire. You can check out all our written work at reviewjournal.com. Uh, I'm Ben Goats. That was David Shane and Golden Knights left wing William Carrier. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. We'll talk to you again real soon. Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today. Download and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up at any of our convenient locations.